0: If you go into the pastoral position with the um, idea, I'm going to be a celebrity pastor, or you revel in that, um, that just shows that you're not qualified.
1: Episode of Unraveled. Uh, today it is Ken and me, Andrew, my wife Katie, and Ken's wife Kathy, and we are talking about the pastores. There you go. Diga me uno más. <laughs> pastores. Yeah. So. Uh, Yeah, the idea of, specifically the idea of having a husband and his wife serve as the pastors of the church. So we're going to think about this in light of what scripture tells us, the instruction that we see in scripture. Uh, We're going to see if it's biblical. um, And, I mean, it's kind of important to get our polity right, our church government Right, uh, kind, kind of, of kind yeah. of important to get our, our eldership right, our pastorship right, according to God's preferences and not ours. So so I think this is a, an important conversation. Yeah, I think
2: loosening the screw a little bit to broaden that, that horizon, just also talking about lady pastors. Yeah, you
1: know? well talking about, there are going to be several things involved in this conversation, right? Yeah. So lady pastors, the single pastor model... Church, uh, papacy, Catholicism, um, Mm. Presbyterian, like all of that is involved within this conversation. Like what is your church polity? Uh, Is there room in biblical church polity for a husband and his wife to serve as basically co-pastors of the church, right?
2: Yeah. And we're talking about it because... It's a big problem today. <laughs> uh,
1: if you are one of those churches that have a, a man and his wife serving as co-pastors of a church uh, here in Douglas or just in the immediate area, we'd love to have you on in a later episode to interact with some of these ideas. Definitely. So starting out, uh, be sure to listen and take notes. And uh, we want to have a cordial conversation. Well, our desire is not to just be argumentative. Like, we really want to know what God wants. Right. So. And that, that's really important.
2: We're not building up walls and, and like saying, hey, we're better than you over here. We're doing things biblically and you're, you're such a heretic <laughs> over there. Um, where we need to, we'll call out heresies, um, but but we, we desire unity. We desire the church. You know, however many there are in Douglas, which I would say the more the better. If they're Faithful if they're healthy, you know. So there's 20 churches, great,
1: yeah. Let's edify edify one another, yeah.
2: Now, 20 churches that are claiming to be churches that have all kinds of that are not churches, horrible (laughs) problems that aren't actually (laughs) churches. (laughs) That's a different thing. So, this isn't wall building, this is like, like, this is an issue. Um, I have I'll say acquaintances that I that I respect, um, that 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 that. take this view that is an, a major issue in the church and we need to deal with it and I think the conversation will just be good like usual just to deal with the things that people don't want to talk about and man hotly debated topic especially when you talk about like what women can't do in 2022 I just rhymed like Dr. Seuss I, there it is <laughs> It wasn't scripted. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you reading off your notepad right there. What? It's <laughs> like a word.
0: Ooh, that's, good. Ooh, that's <laughs> so <good>. one C. <laughs>
1: uh, that, uh, according to the Bible, there are, and not, it's not a matter of ability. There are quite a few things women aren't aren't to do in the church. No, they can't, right? Ability speaking, right. but that they they shouldn't. Um, there are also quite a few things that men shouldn't do. So. I would, we just want to know what the Bible says. For sure. Uh, cool. So uh, you have a nice little brief history of the issue, lady pastors. Here in the notes, would you like to yeah. uh, to just uh, briefly? Well, I think one of the yeah the, one of the interesting things
2: about the how, how recent this is is this was developed um, or instituted from the assemblies of God. They were formed as a denomination. And they ordained their first women pastors, and it was in 1914. So we're we're talking like within within a hundred years, more or less, which is really really recent. Um, when we're talking about um, Orthodoxy, we're talking about different viewpoints. Like this, tr- traditionally, historically, like there wasn't really any disunity in the overall church. Mm. Um, and then uh, it was interesting to sit to see too, because we lived and I would say kind of still living through what has become a chaotic feminist movement. It, this, this woman pastor idea was just lit on fire. And by light on fire, I mean like just spread like across nations, the idea of it because of the feminist movement, which Again, we need to clarify it because we don't want to say we're against the th- feminism. Look, we
1: we are entirely <laughs> in favor of justice. Uh huh. Maybe not necessarily the way the world pursues justice, but we want to see justice on earth. We are entirely in favor of men and women being treated as equals, and we believe Absolutely. that we believe that historically at least in the United States, there have been protections in place to guard women and make sure they're treated as equals, right? Uh, some of that's kind of weird now with transgenderism because men are becoming transgenders and suppressing women again. Right. Uh, just so do it, un- just, undoing everything. Uh, so that irks me, <laughs> but traditionally uh, there are systems in place to protect women. and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in favor of that. Uh, I respect women. I can learn from women. I listen to podcasts by women Absolutely. with my wife. Um, I don't think it's impossible for a man to learn from a woman. I think women can be very good orders and have many good things to say. So none of that is on the table right now. This is particularly regarding um, women filling the role of an elder according to Scripture. Right. Point. Not that women don't have the ability to lead uh, or or have authority or practice authority well, but biblically, according to God's design, should should that happen
2: and design is key here because you've already you've already mentioned ability i i I just i i hate to tap brakes too much and and just clarify because it's not a matter of like defending our position in a way that you know is going to be opposed by the world but by saying that you know the quick thing people are going to hear when you relate to what is trying to be done in the feminist movement is You're saying that I can't do something. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about ability. It's about, can you, as far as like, should you, you know, is it, is it for you? No. And that's where the, the answer is clear. No. Women aren't to serve as pastors. It is reserved for men. It sounds at surface you know at the surface like a sexist statement to say well, you well women can do everything men can do sure <laughs> um, within reason um as, as again when it comes to ability but even as you brought up the swimmer you know you brought that up or you're just generally talking about
1: i, I generally alluded to <laughs> the swimmer at the olympics yes men crushing <laughs> women and <in> women's <laughs> sports it's it's disgusting
2: it's absurd men are supposed to be protecting women and now they're you know we're, we're de- degrading back into a historical oppressiveness of women and and they're they're just bringing back so much time that has advanced society when when we have exposed the evils and oppressive actions that men have taken and you know demeaning women enslaving women and and objectifying them like and now it's like and, and one generation, we're flipping everything back on its head. You look at, you know, you watch TV, cartoons, posters. You look at the what women are saying that they, they can and can't, or they can do everything. And then you look at, you know, women the objectifying themselves, you know, the latest <laughs> Matrix movie. Yeah, it's like all this all this great progress has been made and, and it's just all instantly being flipped back on its head. Just crazy. Yeah. You
1: know, yeah, so we we care about civil rights. Definitely, we care about justice in the world. We care about real equality. Uh, but what we see today in the hyper-feminist movement, it's not a not a push for equality, but instead superiority. And now there's even a canceling out of of genders altogether. So it, you almost can't even call the movement today women's rights or a feminist movement. It's a it's, it's a push to turn humans into aliens or something. <laughs> Let me ask the latest question. Ooh, oh. you're here.
0: <laughs> so.
1: Yes. What?
2: Very simple question. What's a pastor? I mean, we're sitting here making a claim, and this is like this is a not a hey, I have this view, and you can you know, dis-. no, this is like we're talking about biblical orthodoxy. We're talking about like we would look at somebody who doesn't hold the view we're proclaiming right now and say you're in you're in egregious error right now you need to be you need to correct the issue. So if if you if you answer this question simply, what's what's a pastor, you know, what would you say? And we could open that up a little bit more. <laughs> Not fair. <laughs> I mean I don't have to look at it. I know, oh, what I'm you know I, 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 in your I, own words, please. I would say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a man that's called by God um, and led by the Holy Spirit who's able to teach and shepherd a flock. I mean, not saying that women aren't called to teach in certain areas, because I believe that they are. But The Bible says they are. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm not saying women can't teach at all, ever, in any circumstances. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... As far as the whole church goes, I think God gave that um, position and authority to men. Mm-hmm. Is that
2: scripture. a personal opinion?
0: No, it's in Scripture. <laughs> it's in your notes. Yeah, <laughs> it's in your notes. <laughs> it's not personal. I'm not. I'm
2: not leading. I'm curious. Just yeah. you I mean, would you? Would I was just saying. Same, she's same still, thing. Yeah, I was just going to say. still my answer. She's still my <laughs> answer. I was going to just say uh, a man who can
3: teach and preach and knows the word and scripture and, um, can lead an entire congregation.
2: Okay. And as far as tradition, you're Katie raised SBC, so there was never an issue with that. Mm -hmm. And Kathy, what would you say your, your history was? As far as being raised in the church and in your tradition. Like like one of the things that people will, will probably say is like, oh, this is just your your, your tradition, your upbringing. Mm-hmm. You believe it because it's how you were brought up.
3: I mean, in all of my childhood and all of the churches I've ever gone to, I've never had a woman pastor, but I've also never heard it talked about. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like yeah. I knew, oh, I mean, I think I always knew men with pastors, but I never knew about all the details and the scripture behind why. So it was never talked about. But I never had. It was never an issue. I never had any woman pastors.
1: Before we continue. Oh.
0: Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families suffer every year. <laughs> you just really like
2: that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You. Right. you have derailed. No, now, I can you derailed. bring I that into context here? What was identity are we stealing? <laughs> well,
1: when 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 we try to be things that we weren't designed to be. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, it, it ultimately comes yeah. down to to like God's design, right? Uh, you have listed a couple of references here. First uh, Timothy chapter three verse two: an overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. If the Bible's position on marriage is monogamy and heterosexuality, right? Mm. If that's the Bible's position on marriage. Then the husband of one wife necessitates that this has to be a, a man and one woman type of man, right? Uh, so, does Bible... that mean like that
2: when the Episcopal Church
1: ordains
2: a lesbian woman? As an ordained minister, that would probably be not within
1: probably be a direct contradiction with that okay, verse. That's, yeah, that's uh, appointed by the Holy Spirit, which is Acts twenty twenty eight. The Holy Spirit is actually the one who calls. So probably on a later episode, we'll talk about denomination. Denomin, di- <laughs> You're making well, it what words. <laughs> hey, I'm just about to speak in tongues. Right? To start a dictionary all <laughs> <I know laughs> the words. Denominationalism will probably be a later episode, um, but the Holy Spirit's the one who appoints elders, uh, not not a denomination, not a, not necessarily a presbytery, uh, not a not a papacy, uh, not some human system. It's the Holy Spirit who appoints elders. Who appoints right. elders by gifting people uh, with the the gifts of teaching and prayer and of servanthood, and humility, um, able to teach. That's First Timothy three two. Um, and it's called the Shepherd God's flock. We see that next twenty twenty eight as well. That's an interesting thing
2: to point out too. Like when it comes to qualifications, yes, being a man is one of the things we're specifically talking about today. But there are men who can't be pastors as well. Yeah. those are men that can't well, teach. In fact, or men that aren't appointed by the Holy yeah. Spirit. So we're not just uh, we're disqualifying women. We're disqualifying anyone who's not qualified by scripture based off of specific qualifications. Specific
1: qualifications. And um, so this is where I need the sound clip from uh, Suba Hot Fire. says, Um, (laughs) says I'm about to end this man's whole career. All right. I need that clip. I'm going to get that one too. Uh, So reading the qualifications, an overseer must be above reproach, husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Mm. Not addicted to wine or pugnacious. All right. Listen to these. Not pugnacious, gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. And love of money, there's any kind of sordid gain. So if you're not pugnacious, if you're gentle, if you're peaceable, if you're free from the love of sordid gain, right? Right. What are you not going to say automatically? You're not going to say... I have the right to be a pastor. Mm. If anyone, man or woman, approaches the pastorate, the pulpit, eldership, with an attitude of "I deserve this," "I have the right to be this," you're automatically disqualified. That's,
2: That's huge. It's huge.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: right. and that kind of reminds me of what you're talking about today. Like, if you go into the pastoral position with the um, idea I'm going to be a celebrity pastor, or mm. you revel in that. Yeah. Um, that just shows that you're not qualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all. just
1: automatically. Like if, if that's what your desire is, you're not qualified. And the fact of the matter is, women pastors today, all of them I have seen, right? Can you just the quotes? Way they are. scare quotes? <laughs> scare quotes. Yeah, women pastors. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's the way they are. It's all about female rights, what they have the right to be, what they are entitled to, what they are able to do. Yeah. And all of those thoughts, all, all, all that whole mentality automatically disqualifies. And forget the fact that they're a woman, that mentality disqualifies them. Period. Right. right.
2: So if you think you have a right, just stop there and don't worry about anything else that the Bible says about it, because you're wrong. Right. I mean, that's pretty, pretty straightforward there. Yeah. Uh, yeah I thought this was interesting. Um, So, the Catholic Church, uh, they teach that since Jesus only chose men, apostles, that that's the reason they use for why priests must be men. I'm
1: about to end this man's whole career. (laughs) I knew it again. (laughs) No. Um, uh, No, because... uh, we don't have apostles in the church today, right? That kind of apostle. Right. filling the apostolic office. We don't have that. Plus, priests in the New Testament church completely unbiblical. Yeah. All right. What did you just say there? Priests in the New Testament church completely unbiblical. You have no instruction in the New Testament concerning priests. And all of those used by the Roman Catholic Church to defend the priesthood, it's... It's all appropriated scripture, not even scripture used in context. So we yeah. talk about Peter receiving the keys and passing those mm-hmm. keys down. Where do you get that Peter passed those keys down, first of all? And how right. do you know that Christ wasn't handing the keys to all the saints, the church? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to add so much to scripture to get Roman Catholic policy where you have a single Pope at the top. Mm-hmm. And you have bishops heading on down and you have priests in the churches and they are the mediator between you and Christ. Like, who needs a mediator if, if Christ is the one who died for our sins and forgive? you? don't need a human mediator. You need Christ. Which the, the Bible teaches is the one mediator. And, then, God and, and then like we saw in the sermon this morning, like the biblical model for pastorship is not even that a church has one pastor at the helm of the church or, or priest or whatever. it's not that kind of polity, not that kind of top-down structure. Instead, there is a plurality of elders right. so that celebrities aren't made so that one person doesn't have control, right? And so that a doctrine is always tested and you don't have these personality sort of churches. Um, there's a lot of Misunderstanding when it comes to what a pastor is in the world in the world today, Um, because everybody thinks I have a right to do this. I can make a career doing this. I can become famous and powerful doing this. Right, and And that's not what it's designed to be.
2: Well, we we've we've adopted as well like this mentality, like uh, specifically in America, where you have corporations built. Corporations have CEOs. CEOs lead the companies. Have subordinates, and and they make the decisions. And, and we've created churches to image corporations, which is ruins the function of the church. Because like you're saying, like like a plurality of elders. Well, where do you see a plurality of CEOs? <laughs> like we can't model the church after corporations in America, uh, or, or you have the, the especially the military mindset people, right? Like you have you have. You have commanders you have you have different level of authority that you have to to submit to, and there's always there's the you know and, and in the military you have the commander in chief right like you have the top dog and the top dog and you know he he dictates everything and it's
1: a worldly way yeah. of setting up governmental structures right, right? The, the kingdom of heaven, the government of Christ is not even like that, right right and in fact, the government of Christ is reflected in the local church Christ the head. On this earth, body of elders overseeing the church, which means stewarding and serving, mm-hmm. right? not lording authority. And the congregation at large, and we see the congregation making decisions, like the elders don't even do things without the congregation, mm-hmm. which, is, which is cool to think about too, right? Um, and the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of heaven, being different from the kingdom of the world, just says, God, King, and his people forevermore right Um, that's what it is and people will be perfected there won't be any need for these human government structures that we have on this earth Um, but right now we sort of we have to have them because there is injustice and Christ gives governments the the sword for reason that's probably a topic of another episode Hmm. but um, the church the kingdom of heaven it is not like the world nothing about it is like the world We're, we're We're different, Um, which makes it kind of hard to to pretend to to pretend to relate to the extent that many churches do, right? Even even by having pastores, (laughs) pastores.
2: Well, I mean, as we as we segue into pastores, uh, Robert and Maria. You know, let's talk a little bit. The,
1: the hypothetical. The Still, hypothetical. I mean, We're not yep. referring we're not to actual anyone, Yeah. If, if your names are Robert and Maria. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Those are hypothetical characters in our illustration here. Okay. Here's like
2: some of these offensive places in scripture. I say offensive because it pierces the, the culture today. Um, we back up a little bit in 1 in Timothy. Man, we have this super sexist Paul that like, like feminists today just want to probably rip out of the Bible and burn, right? 1 <laughs> Timothy 2, uh, we have, starting in, in verse 11, we've let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. It says, I, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man.
1: Wait, why are the ladies here with us? They're not teaching... Having I mean, authority over men. how man, to they make us a, look better. How can
2: they be on a podcast about ones? it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop being quiet because you're, you're really like.
3: You just like, told me to be positive. You be quiet.
2: Making it look like we're doing something different here. <laughs> but it says I do not permit a, uh, a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first rather than Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. And I know we we brought this up in part on uh, actually one of our Blacktop episodes recently as you're preaching through 1 Corinthians. What um, is it? Huh? I'm gonna miss it. going miss it. Yeah, it's sad to see it go. Um, but but this is yet another area of many where you can see a direct contradiction. If you are going to take up authority as a woman, you're going to take up authority in a position that that we're saying, according to the Bible, you're not to have. And, and say, I'm I'm going to pastor. I'm going to teach. I'm going to preach. Have authority over this congregation as I, as I proclaim god 's word and,
1: and bind you to it, but wait, wouldn't it be okay <laughs> if Maria was under the authority of her husband and serving as one of the pastors
2: man, oh man, I mean woman, oh woman. <laughs> That's one of the popular arguments today, you don't know what I'm saying? That? A, I don't
1: yeah. understand that. <laughs> What's that?
3: How is that an argument for women pastors? She's no kids?
1: longer teaching with authority over all the men in the church. Her husband is presiding his But she's over teaching. Her. Yeah.
3: Teaching a congregation. I mean, just because, like if me and Ken pastor to church. Oh. I know, I know, I don't hate that. <laughs> but I don't understand just because Ken is would be the the, the elder or whatever and i'm under you how can i teach a whole bunch of other men what about the other elders that are sitting there how does that i don't understand that
1: well this this has to do less i think with with just saying something speaking right and it has to do more with the office that is being filled right. the office of authority so if you have a woman serving as a pastor right The biblical model is that all the pastors have equal authority in the church, right? All the elders have equal authority in the church. They oversee the church together. There's not one with authority over another. So if you have two pastors, pastores, biblically, they have equal authority there. They oversee the church equally. And so she is sitting in the place of authority then over the entire congregation and even holding men who are elders accountable if they're trying semi to do things in some kind some way that, that reflects scripture even to the least degree, right? Right. Um, so it's the filling of the office, not merely the act of teaching. Women can teach men. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem, right? Ability speaking. Women, though biblically cannot fill the office of elder and fill the elders teaching position. Mm-hmm. Pulpit. So Paul is not
2: talking about all of life. (laughs) He's talking about
1: that specific thing. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, people take that way too far.
1: (laughs) As they often do with things written in the Bible. Yeah. Which is why we need contextual teaching, why we need expository teaching.
2: Right. So first No, you can't be a what would that be a subordinate pastoress like I, whatever that would be because there is there is no such thing there's no precedence for that well, that, that speaks um, to
1: like the way many churches do things anyway right you have a senior pastor or a lead pastor right. and then you have a youth pastor who's under him or a music pastor who's under him and or or an executive pastor over here who who kind of tells other pastors, you know, where they need to be, where their lane is? The is lane there an assistant to, to the pastor? Assistant, <laughs> <laughs> assistant to assistant, assistant to, assistant the, assistant to the regional <laughs> pastor. I see a blog in the making. There's, oh, yeah. <laughs> assistant to the regional pastor. That's great. Yeah. Uh, there's none. We we'll give that one to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's none of that in scripture. Uh, The body of elders being gifted and called by the Holy Spirit and affirmed by the local congregation. They oversee the congregation. They steward the people of God and edify the people of God. That is their job together. Uh, There is no hierarchy in the eldership of the church. Uh, You might have different roles assigned to different elders. Right. So you can have a teaching... Elder, You can have an elder that's really good at doing some executive stuff, organizing people, administrative. You can have that. But no one has authority over the other elders in that sense, right? And where church discipline is practiced against an elder, it probably takes more than one other elder coming to him. I don't know. Maybe, like, take two or three others with you. (laughs) Hmm. I seem to have read that. Take two or three others with you. And if they don't listen, like take it before the church, right? right? So there's a system in place for that biblically. Matthew 18, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus told us how to do that. Um, so even this idea that that there's a hierarchy is just completely unbiblical. Which means most of most of the Western church's hiring practices, when it comes to when it comes to employees or Independent clergy, contractors, uh, youth pastors, music pastors, whatever—most of that is just unbiblical. Here's
2: another issue that that um, that leads to this issue—that this, this overarching problem that, that we're talking about—that I see in conservative churches. So we know, and, and it's it's easy to just call like a uh, liberal. Yeah, liberal this, liberal that, whatever. Like, but, but conservative churches, you know, when you're talking about biblical orthodoxy, I've seen this coming up where they would affirm, no, we, we believe pastors should be men. But the problem we see where we've already addressed like the head pastor or the only pastor. If, if you are the only church, pastor in a church, yeah. you're still doing it wrong. But then you are causing another problem. What happens in these churches where there's one male pastor is their wives are great influences over there, which is good. Like our our, our wives' us, but they become they become what we're talking about, the pastores, just not by name. Just not by name. And I've seen even the, these these couples, you know, function in a way where they are leading these churches. And that also is a very unbiblical model. You don't have to say it. You don't have to lay your hands on your your wives or other women and say, you know, we're ordaining you as an elder of the church. If if you're functioning that way, um you're still violating God's law. And we like that yeah I, go
1: ahead. <laughs> uh Make a clarification here. There are churches that are so small that they only have one qualified person to serve as sure. an elder of the church. Right? Um, in this case, I want to take a very historic position—the um, position of the reformers um, and of of many in the Protestant Church who made their way over to the Americas. You know, starting out seeking religious liberty and yeah. freedom. Yeah. Um, even even Charles Spurgeon. Uh, said stuff like this, right? That there ought to be plurality of elders, more than one elder in a church. But if that is impossible, have a real godly man serving as your elder until you have more qualified men to promote as right. elders. So, mm-hmm. so there's, there's some precedence for that. Sometimes there's just one guy qualified. Yes. Yeah. And, so, and can
2: we make an affirmation right now? If yeah. you are a pastor of a local church and it's because there are no other qualified men to lead with you, Okay, we, we affirm yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, Definitely. There, there's no correction there. It, the question comes in, now that you are properly leading and raising up other elders in the church and, and shepherding the entire flock, when other qualified men are there, are you appointing yeah, appoint, them, appoint them to lead with you? Right. Or do you want to remain the
1: chief? It's not about you. No, it's not. <laughs>
2: um, are we nitpicking over something like this? Is this like, is this a, like a, a Douglas Reformed Church distinctive? Like we, it is we distinctive. Yeah. It is a distinctive. it?
1: I can is it? show you nitpicking though if you really want. No. I mean, I, I don't want to. Do Your that. wife has spoken. I don't want to. <laughs> My wife saves me from doing many dumb things. Yeah, don't tell him, right? There There
0: is a side thing I kind of wanted to say about this. Like, if you're a woman that's interested in theology, like that's great. I don't think enough women are. Mm. Like, and a lot of churches they don't encourage that. That's right. Um, So, if you're a woman who loves learning theology, great, keep doing it. Um, But you don't have to be a pastor. To explore that,
1: to, or even to teach it, yeah. Or, I mean, right. and yeah. we
0: need to be teaching the women in our churches theology. Like, yeah.
2: well, I was going to say that too. Like, if if you're a woman who loves theology, and I hope you do, come to Douglas Form Church, and yeah. maybe we could get good enough numbers to get some systematic theology going yeah. for couples, and hey. and yeah, we'll all learn about God together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I. I greatly admire women, and I think it is so hot when my wife is like wanting to talk theology. <laughs> oh, man. Let me exposit like, First Timothy 3 good. with you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, she comes to me, she's like, hey, we're talking about this in Bible study, and I wanted to ask you a couple questions, and I'm immediately like turned on, like, Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, a woman who loves theology is a good thing. Absolutely.
2: Um, let's let's hit a couple of the the arguments because we don't want to be you know an echo chamber. Here. Oh wait,
1: this is, this is supposed to only be one sided. One
2: sided, yeah. I mean, we'll make great arguments and just you know
1: we can build strawmen
2: and <laughs> tear them apart. It's the easiest way to win, right? I mean, we're right because we say we are. <laughs> here, here's a big argument. Um, Paul was addressing. Just the women at Ephesus from teaching men, because Ephesus was known for its temple to Artemis, and women were the authority in that branch of paganism in Ephesus. So Paul, Paul, when he wrote, you know, First Timothy was just addressing female-led customs in that culture. So, so we make. A cultural argument here. And a little side note, this is why I always shy away from mostly ever <laughs> alluding to culture as as like a chief reason to of biblical interpretation. We absolutely use it yeah. grammatical for, for context. Historical, yes. historical. But but to to have that the chief reason for a teaching, that that's that's an error mm. to make. But that's just a side note. So Gavi <laughs> I'm just kidding. He no, looked at me like, "What are you talking about? Tell me about Artemis." And
1: <laughs> so, so the argument here is called he slap Artemis in the face. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Artemis, you need Jesus. <laughs> so is, is Paul just being cultural? I mean, is he just addressing a, a specific church, a specific context, and we should? Say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be so dogmatic about Paul's exhorting women to be quiet and not exercise authority.
0: Well, <clears throat> weren't these letters passed around to all of the churches? Yeah, Read verse 8 real quick. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in every place.
1: There it is in verse 8.
0: Yeah, because if he <laughs> meant just that one specific church, he would have said, by the way, women in Ephesus.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel it. Like... Yeah, study writes, therefore, this is 1 Timothy 2 8. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands, without wrath and dissension. So, men, show your humility, show that you are submissive to God. Men. So that just do this. breaks the right. cultural... cultural barrier broken right there. Yeah. Likewise, in the same manner that men are to be submissive to God, likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, meaning modestly and discreetly, not showing off, right? Not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. So just as the men are submissive to God, so women are to be submissive to the instruction of God that is being preached in the church. Um, that sounds like equality to me. Right? Like true, like real equality. Mm-hmm. Right? Both men and women are submissive. And it's not just in Ephesus where there is this temple of Artemis, but it's in every place right there in verse 8. So Paul makes that very clear. You can't exposit the scriptures and get to, it was cultural. Right? <laughs>
2: uh, what's that passage too that we have, I I know it is most likely First Peter. When Peter he makes the assumption that the I'm pretty sure it was Peter that it says, it makes the assumptions that the letters that are written by Paul are being read in all of the churches it just, It's an expectation
1: yeah. it wasn 't long after Paul wrote them all that they were collected together and passed yeah. around and copied by scribes and uh, and kept in the libraries and considered right. to be scripture right um, shortly after Paul wrote them. It's like, hey, this is Scripture. Let's pass these around. Everybody needs this. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty nice
2: answer. So, we don't even have to go far from where we're reading already to get an answer to an argument that's made about this idea of qualification. Mm-hmm. So, it's right there. It's not cultural because Paul says... In every place. Every place. Yep. So, all right. That's one big argument. What about the objection that Paul is addressing... Husbands and wives.
1: He doesn't say husbands and wives there. (laughs) Come on, man. He says uh... says, men, all men, and women, all women. That's what he says in the verse.
2: But but that just seems too simple. (laughs) This is a big argument. Like The the chief arguments that that oppose this this idea that men are only qualified to be pastors... And it
1: breaks down when you just read the passage.
2: (laughs) So you're just saying read the Bible. Read the Bible. Yeah. That's it. I mean, the problem with reading the Bible is it opposes... Men's and women's hearts
1: on purpose. It cuts purpose. between soul and spirit, <laughs> yeah. bone and marrow. Convicts us to our core. That's why people find it difficult to engage the Bible and read it and really, um, really wrestle with, not against, but with the ideas there in Scripture and um, be conformed to the image of Christ by reading Scripture and by sitting under sound teaching. Why do you think that's so difficult? You know. Because it exposes us. Right. and We don't like to be exposed. We love the darkness, which the Bible also says about us. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. We're naturally
2: drawn to these topical sermons that are most frequently preached in churches today. Because the, the men who preach them are, are chasing hobby horses... Um, but they're also trying to appeal to their listeners, um, and one of the critical areas of error is they're they're trying to be relevant to their lives, like like the Bible being proclaimed faithfully wouldn't be right. relevant to somebody's life, like everybody in the congregation. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up an example generically of of this this idea of just. Relying on getting the word to do its job. Mm-hmm. Um, get the word out there. Like like when, when me and Kathy were um, working through this specific issue. Um, I had a lot of things to say. But instead of relying on my words. I I hoped and relied on God's words to do. What God's word does and and I, I put his word out there and it did exactly that I'm being generic on purpose you can get more detail if you want but um, the the Word of God went out and and it did what the Word of God did like I could have I could have come up with you know ideas I could have made my own arguments I could have um, pled whatever petitions I had but I didn't like I said God. So your your word is the only thing that has authority and, and power and hope and that actually penetrates the hearts and souls of men. And, and I'm not going to, to rely on myself to, to do that. And I, like I, I, I think it's important for us to reflect that same thing outward towards everything we're talking about. We're talking about, well, we're addressing the women in these churches today who think they should be pastoring or co-pastoring with their husbands. And we're pleading with you, like, don't listen to our words. That's why we're, tr- we're trying to allude to these passages. Mm-hmm. Go to these passages and and, and and just see what God says. So, and
1: hear what he has to say to you. So they'll go to the passages and they'll start reading in the Old Testament. And they'll start seeing Miriam, Deborah, mm-hmm. oh. and Holda, these women... Chosen for leadership roles in the old testament. You mean to tell me that the Bible doesn't support women leaders in the church?
2: Man, oh man. I mean there's there a great okay. example. You have three historic women called by God to do great things, right? And and here's here's the the big elephant in the room when it comes to this argument is is it's not talking about leadership in the church. It's talking about women doing different forms of leadership in history.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, this this would be when the opposing side comes out and builds a straw man yeah. against against what we're saying here. Uh, we didn't is, say women shouldn't serve in leadership yeah, positions. We didn't say women can't <laughs> be leaders. Yeah, We said we'd, biblically women shouldn't be pa- pastors, right. um, elders in the church. Miriam wasn't a pastor. None of these women were <laughs> elders in the church, right? So, so, so
2: again, good argument at, at a surface level, but a bad argument because it has nothing to do with, um, you know what we're talking about. So, so I mean, it does in the context of. of Yep. Women leadership? Yes, we believe women yeah. can be leaders. Yeah. absolutely. So, uh, yeah, no I, problem there. I
0: think the confusion comes, especially when you get to Holda because she was a priestess. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that's where people they confuse priestess with elder.
1: Yeah, elders are not priests, mm. right? Uh, and we've already made that clarification yeah. <laughs> during this episode. So, uh, not the same thing. In fact, the Old Testament priests failed to atone for the sin of the people, and Christ was using the priesthood to show that people couldn't intermediate for other people, and he did that before Christ came on purpose so that we would believe upon Christ and not on a priest anyway. Mm -hmm. There it is. Mm. Christ is the only priest now.
0: Mm. Ooh!
1: All right. The high priest. The high priest, that's right. I guess, yeah. I guess he is building a kingdom of priests, which means every Christian is technically a priest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There you go. I think Paul said that I think Paul said that it's in Hebrews. Yeah, with Christ the high priest.
2: Of course, our official position is we don't know the author of Hebrews, right?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh well, yeah, here here we, we go. go. Here, here we go. go. We, we have, have a disagreement disagree. here. <laughs> <laughs> Finally! Something to debate. It took a little while. I think it was Paul too. Oh man. Paul, I, I, think it, I, think it, I think it was Paul and Luke working together actually.
2: Paul and Luke. Co-conspirators. And That's right. Yeah.
1: So, whatever.
2: The anonymous authorship. And
1: the resurrection. We can ask them.
2: Um, but yeah, I think one of the important things when we're looking at women in positions in the Bible... Old or New Testament the overarching importance is to say well this isn't something that we're trying to get guidance on kind of ambiguously we have specific instruction so if, 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 if there were not specific instruction given on this topic we would have much more difficulty um, making and sustaining this Argument. Yeah.
3: I wonder if if women pastors could, if they were sitting in here right now, if they could keep it to scripture, like you were saying, let the word do the teaching. Mm-hmm. Could they defend their reasoning behind being a pastor without adding opinions to the scripture that they use to defend their position? You know what I mean? Like if they're, yeah. you're, if they. If you can't say, well, it says right here, and not add in something of your mm-hmm. own opinion, then I would think that should be enough for a true believer to say hmm? unclear or I can't really say that because you shouldn't be adding your opinion to scripture to fit your lifestyle. Or Do you yeah. Understand it? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. To so putting in your own opinions. And... Like
3: all these things that you guys just and, and I'm I'm not as knowledgeable as you three but all those things those three arguments that you just made like you said they're just right there in scripture so if that's their arguments if that's the argument for women pastor like to me that doesn't really stand firm because you're adding opinions to it you're you're reading something and saying so because of that this like and I don't think that's how scripture should be read Mm -hmm. or applied to life sure because then you could what's to stop you from all the other things Nothing <laughs> that's a da- I feel like that's a dangerous thing to stand on, and if women pastors truly want to live by the word, I mean it seems like a pretty scary road to travel down if you can just
1: mm-hmm. yeah. well I wonder why this conversation even matters that I mean that statement from right. kathy is a great segue, a great into that. segue <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
2: uh, because uh, first
1: of all, you have uh, the whole. The whole idea of the character qualifications of First Timothy, right? Like, if this is your mentality, you're actually disqualified from the role. It matters because right. we don't want people who are interested in sordid gain ruling over the church, period, right? So it matters in that regard. But you have a few other things listed here, right?
2: The, I would say the chief among them is is the image of God. So, So knowing that we were created... To image him like we we are different from all other creatures that and all of other creation um, the image of God or the, as we frequently say to the imago Dei yeah. you know it's it's so important so the image of God and the order of creation and the image of God as we are designed to to display him to the world to all of creation mm-hmm. Um, what his character is what, to, to a physical world, and this is why. This is why, like, um, when we take a little sidetrack here, of not we're not harping on you know women and stuff like that. divorce distorts the image of God. Yeah. Um, adultery It's like. You got boyfriends, girlfriends living in sin. You having sex. You know, I I would, I would say you know even this dating nonsense. You you alluded to that today in the, the sermon. I, you yes know, this, the idea of dating, yeah. um, it distorts the image of God. Um, why? Because what, let's not be super generic about that. The image, the image of God, we see perfected in its display in Christ to His church. So we have we have covenant. Keeping, we have this covenant-making idea that that God has shown us as, as far as what His character is. Mm-hmm. And
1: well, and He created sex distinctions and gender roles, right? Right. Uh, he created that to be a, to display His own glory, and right. His own personhood, right? Uh, we were, I mean, we we're walking through First Corinthians. It was when we were walking through. What a sad state. <laughs> You're going to start crying. Oh, so man. Man. <laughs> when we were walking through 1 Corinthians, Paul, Paul even said it this way, like, the Father is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of a man. Man is the head of a a woman. So the woman is the object of redemption in the church, the picture of redemption. If you don't have that role being filled, you don't have an object of redemption pictured in the church. You don't have the picture of the church, the picture of humanity. And the man there is the the picture of Christ. Like Paul was getting at that in first Corinthians. God was very intentional about his design. Right. And his design isn't just about his design, right? It's about him. And it paints a picture of who he right. is. So when we corrupt the design, when we become transgendered and homosexual, and when we swap gender roles, the distinctions there, we are actually marring the image of God, the picture of God, something God placed within His creation to present a physical, material picture of who. He is in his transcendence. Yeah. Um, so we're missing out on on the person of God when we do that.
2: Right. And the beginning of that is opposing God and his goodness and how he created. Right. So so when, when you're a man who says you're denying your manhood and I'm going to be a woman, you're rejecting God's goodness and his right. perfection and his creation right. of you in that way for whatever purpose he had. Yeah. No. I'm not
1: a man. Well, it's... Rejected. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? Um, The church is now standing up and saying, No, you don't have to change to please people. No, God created you beautiful just the way you are. We want you to be who you were designed to be, who you were born to be. Like, the church is preaching that. Mm -hmm. And the world is saying, No, you have to change. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Come on now, <laughs> uh, that's, that's
2: getting flip flopped too. As far as history's argument, yeah. yeah, and
1: it's, and it's <laughs> come on. No, the church is actually preaching. You were born beautiful. Be who you were born to be. Yeah. Like that's, and we, we want to support that. We want to edify people in that. Like you don't have to you don't have to suffer this identity crisis that the world suffers. Yeah. be who you were born to be.
2: Absolutely. You know, one of the things I find interesting uh, when we when we just observe creation and orderliness, because yeah. God is a God of order, uh, mm-hmm. and and we don't want to make chaos out of the order that He has created. Even though we do a good job at that, He He could have created everything instantly, mm. like. He didn't, though. No, he didn't. Yeah. He took a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Formless plant, light, separation of light from darkness, atmosphere, land and oceans, water, vegetation, garden, sun, moon, stars, sea creatures, birds, land animals, man, then... Woman, why? Like, like, he, like, nothing because God does purposeless. is purposeless.
1: The woman is so masterfully created; she took the longest amount of time. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> We're complicated. Oh, oh that's <laughs> not what I <I'm> was saying, <laughs> <laughs> man. I was trying to be sweet, <laughs> or, or another one would
2: be. Well, I messed up, man, so I'm going to try again. <laughs> <I'm> trying, oh, <laughs> and there, there. Was, there was a woman Perfect. <laughs> oh. perfection. <laughs> uh, God don't mess. Up. <laughs> Adam was like, "Whoa." <laughs> Man, whoa, man! <laughs> what a hottie! <laughs> what a hottie! <laughs> but I, I, I find I, I find that interesting too, and that's really you know just reading into a lot of things. But when it says, you know, "Well, why, why God?" Like, well, that's why because his order matters. Like, he didn't create even human beings together at once he created an order okay. and and again this isn't like you know getting out of an internet forum being
1: first <laughs>
2: you know this isn't like oh I'm first so I'm better I came before
1: you so I'm your head like like this is no. God created an order the order he wanted right and men are not better than women no and women are not better than men though I often think women are better than men right <laughs> <laughs> but they're not according to God's design right yeah um, In fact, no human is better than any other human being. Um, right. All wretched, all sinful, um, and we're about to call many churches in the Douglas area and around the world to repentance for distorting God's plan for the church. Right? right. Understand in love, in in love. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for the purpose of edification, and when we do that, we understand that we are sinners too, in need of great repentance when we are found to be in sin. So, so right. we, do, we do this as fellow sinners. We're not better right. than anyone. Mm-hmm.
2: If you All came right. to us looking for faults, you would find it. You in, would find them. This mm-hmm. is not us fault-finding. This is us addressing a major area of distortion of God's image in Douglas, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And that's the repentance we're calling you to, is repent of, of the disorder that you're, you are causing, mm-hmm. that you are creating and marring his image,
1: yeah. In the pursuit of sordid gain, yeah. Because I think ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? Because yeah. if we're not interested in sordid gain, we have no reason to to manipulate and appropriate the scriptures to 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 advance our own positions. We just yeah. have no reason to do that, right?
2: So that's give, it. Give the last words the
1: the ladies are pastores. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
0: uh, I mean, just a plug for our women's Bible study. What's we're so talking doing? about Titus 2, like the importance of older women teaching younger women how to be godly women in their homes. Mm. Like, that's what we're supposed to do. And, to and in the church.
3: Yeah, I mean, they, they hit the, the church a lot. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's teaching women their important roles in the church to right. the church body, to yeah. other women in the church.
1: So what can women be? On the other side of this conversation, we got two whole minutes to talk about this. <laughs> on, the, on the other side of this conversation, um, there's the idea that churches have given women what is unbiblical for them to have on one side. On the other side, there's this sense that churches don't give women enough opportunities um, because they use complementarianism, their complementarianism, as an excuse not to promote women hardly at all. Mm -hmm. And so they won't have women in Sunday school classrooms. They'll limit women to only teaching children or whatever or running a nursery or cooking in the kitchen. And and that's just as wrong, I think. What can women do in the church?
0: Well, like I was talking about earlier, women that love theology, like... There's a place for you. You can teach other women theology because we need that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if you love working with kids, by all means work in the nursery. Not every There's woman no loves it.
2: <laughs> oh. Right, right. Family integrated. Family right. integrated. <laughs>
3: Women learn how to, no, to take care of their children in the service.
1: Yeah, yeah, we want parents to be parents so we don't have all that extra stuff. We'll uh, talk later. <laughs> <talk> later. <laughs> yeah, but I mean,
0: there's things you can do other than kitchen and.
1: Like podcast. Yeah. With what? a man. What? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: it's, all, it's all important to denote, it too, like, like the function of the church gathered. You know, and edifying each other and loving each other and serving each other. Like, we, we get too wrapped up in this role thing and positions and stuff. Like, like we're there to serve each other and, and, and the, the, the function and positions that you would have are so limited for a very specific purpose. So, we don't need to fill a bunch of roles. You don't need a bunch of titles. Elders, elders and deacons are like the primary roles, quote-unquote. And women
1: can be deacons.
2: Well that's a future argument we should
1: yeah. have. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> women can be deacons and and when we were in First Corinthians <laughs> we also saw that women can prophesy in a gathering in this room. Yeah. In some way, right? Yep. Um, so this is this is only a limitation concerning the office of elder right. that i see. Super narrow. Yeah. Alright, well this has been Unraveled. Contact us with, us with questions, comments and uh, all names. Send those to and We'll publish those. Him, we'll those him, we'll yeah. we uh, we'd, we'd love to have a sincere conversation with you. Uh, with some of the hearing from you engaging in that conversation. That travel. Thumbs.